Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. An Elio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into the weirdest, strangest, and most mysterious corners of the internet. I'm Allie Siegel. And I'm Melissa Stettin. Who are our patrons for today? Emily and Caroline in welcome the city. Welcome to the team. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the team, guys. We're so happy to have you. Today's episode is crazy. I love it. I, I'm so excited that you're doing this episode. I forgot all about this. It's it's incredible. It's a credible story. You were the one who showed this to me. Yeah, this is, came out last... Was this last year this came out? Yeah, I think this is last year. Because during longer than that, it was 2021. And I'll tell you how it's I know that. It's all a blur. It's all I a blur. Know, because I asked ChatGBT to write an episode on it. And <laughs> <laughs> I love how ChatGPT... We've asked it to write episodes. It writes like... A paragraph. Yes. Yes. Excuse me. This happened in 2022 because I asked ChatGBT to write an episode on it and it doesn't have information. It doesn't know anything after 2021. Oh, what? Yeah. So I guess maybe it's just the the beta version of ChatGBT if you're not paying for it. Wait, really? Like if you ask it about something, something that happened in the news? I mean, that's what it said to me when I was trying to get it to oh. write this episode. It was like, we're only updated up to the year 2021. We do not have any inf- recent information about this topic. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, maybe you have to like pay for it or something. Yeah, it was. I was stunned that I actually had to start doing work. So wow. <laughs> <laughs> hold on one second. Asher. How dare you? Yeah, yeah Asher, I was, I shut was up. offended. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so. Anyways, you told me about this. We're going to get into the case of this Grey's Anatomy writer, Elizabeth Finch, who lied about having cancer 
and that's just even the start of it. You you love Grey's Anatomy, right? So this is how we got into it. During quarantine, I started binge watching Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. I don't know if I loved it or if I was just incredibly bored. I know a lot of people who watch it and who like it. Yes, I watched. I think eight seasons. In a month, maybe something crazy. And those are like 22 episode seasons. Oh, yeah. It's not. It, I dedicated a large portion of my time to this. I mean, look, I did. I did all 10 seasons of Vanderpump in like six weeks. So. Oh, yeah. It's easy to do. It's uh, easy. <laughs> and then I dropped off because it got insane. It's it's a ridiculous <laughs> show made even more ridiculous by writers like Elizabeth Finch who are mm-hmm. lying about their entire lives. Let's get into it. Elizabeth Finch a writer on this show. She wrote 13 episodes on the show and produced 170, 172 episodes. So that's how many seasons is that? Five, like eight? Yeah, a lot, I believe. Who is this psychopath? Who is she? Who is this lady? She grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Does New Jersey explain everything? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> She wrote plays in high school for her theater department, so she was always into writing. She went to Carnegie Mellon when she she was in college. So she's an intelligent woman. In college, her mother was diagnosed with cancer and survived. Is that true? Yes. But that's interesting because there's really no reliable narrator in this story. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Even me, dare I say. (laughs) Wow. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. But this becomes... uh, pattern of her taking from other people's lives and pretending that it's her own. Mm. So she attended film school in California. She went to USC. She wrote an, a personal essay about her mother having cancer. And then she said that she took the gene mutation test. To oh, see if yeah. She, so what is it? The BRCA? Bra- BRCA. B-R-C-A. It's, yeah. If you have those, there's like, I think you have one or two gene mutations you will most likely have breast cancer. Right. And she said that she did have the gene. Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah. Or did she? <laughs> right. And I believe that that's what um, Angelina Jolie tested for, and she tested yes. positive, so she got a, a preventative double mastectomy. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Right. So she also wrote an essay on a stalker that she allegedly had from the military who had PTSD. What? Yes. I, it, Plot twist, spoiler alert, none of this is true. Her first job, and she got this job from her background in school, but also from these essays that she kept writing. She got a job on The Vampire Diaries. She also had a job on HBO's True Blood, and she started off as like a personal assistant for this guy who was, I believe, a showrunner on True Blood. Loves vampires. She loves vampires. Now, This part is true. I believe that this was around 2007. She had to have a knee replacement surgery because she got in a hiking accident. She like tripped while hiking or something and fucked up her knee and she had to get knee replacement surgery. And it was this whole long ordeal of knee problems. Mm -hmm. I'll get into it a little bit later once she finally confesses to doing all this lying. But that was kind of the catalyst to her realizing that when she's hurt or when oh, she, she gets a attention. Lot of attention. Yeah. So oh. she realized that when she was go- undergoing this knee replacement surgery that people were really there for her and they wanted to check on her, see how she was doing, that they would drive her and take her places, things like that. 
She got hooked. Got a little taste. Got a taste. Got a little taste <laughs> of what it's like to be there. Oh, people are nice to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she couldn't get enough of it. In 2014, all of a sudden, she writes an article for Elle magazine called How Friends, Family, and Friday Night Lights Help Me Fight Cancer. Oh. Yes. So she has disclosed now that she has a rare form of bone cancer called, and excuse me if I mispronounce it, condosarcoma. Sounds right. Condosarcoma. She said that she got it in 2012. And it is the kind of cancer that, you know, like is ultimately terminal. It can't be cured by chemotherapy. You can only, you know, like maintain your comfort level. Oh, geez. And in this essay in 2014 that she writes for Elle, she says that, you know, she goes to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. Her friend Nick takes her and waits for her outside and it turns out that this guy, Nick, is real. His name is Nick <gasps> Bootner. He lives in Minnesota. This really happened, I guess, that she would go oh, to Minnesota and go to God. the Mayo Clinic and have Nick take her. And Nick would drop her off <gasps> and wait outside. And she would just sit inside the Mayo Clinic and like walk around. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. She would just like bring a book and like sit for however long she thought like an appointment would be or oh my like God. clinical <laughs> testing insane. or things like that and then she would come back out oh just to keep this ruse going that's fucked up <laughs> i know so a lot of this information is from a website called the ankler which is this great website made by this guy richard rushfeld who melissa and i think that we know but we don't know how probably twitter yeah, I think That's probably I Twitter. Everyone. His website was the one who broke this story, actually. And then it was snowballed by websites like Vanity Fair and things like that. The person who broke this story was a gentleman named Peter Kiefer, who I've actually written for before. So I want to see if I can maybe Ooh. reach out to him. Yeah, I went to high school with his sister. Yeah. Anyways, he was the one who broke this story. So a lot of this information is from their website. So... 2014, Finch starts to tell people she has chondrosarcoma, and she writes this article. This article gains a lot of traction, and it eventually gets into the hands of Shonda Rhimes. Mm. Uh, Shonda Rhimes is like, wow, this is incredible. This woman who, you know, is battling cancer and is a writer, she would be perfect for Grey's Anatomy. So she's hired to be a writer on Grey's Anatomy in 2014. She says during this time, this is just the cancer is just the beginning. She alleges to lose a kidney due to chemotherapy. Oh, she says part of her tibia, which is what your leg, I think is yeah, leg bone. Yeah, I was like, is that your vagina? Your tibia is removed. Uh, she said part of her tibia was removed. She says that somehow she got pregnant during this time and her oh. fetus had to be aborted due to the chemotherapy. Okay. Like it's just one thing after another <laughs> with this. Wow. One. Yeah. And she shows up to the writer's room, you know, she's losing weight, her hair is shaved, and, she, you know, she's wearing scarves over her head. She's oh, vomiting. No. 
Yeah. Um, what? And oh, everyone, she had like a, she put a, a fake yes. port. She put a port in her chest. Or not oh a port, God. but like she didn't actually put one in, but she put bandages over Tape her chest. over it. Yeah. Yes. So everyone thought that she had a port in her chest for the chemotherapy. Oh, my God. Yes. When she was throwing up, like, I wonder if she was actually throwing up or just like making the noises. I, I mean, I assume she was probably making the noises because people in the writer's room said she kept going to the bathroom and they would hear her throwing up and they, that she was <gasps> eating saltines the whole time and things like that. Oh, my God. So this is from the the ankler. Um, one of her colleagues uh, says, and this is a quote, we worked with someone who not only said she was sick with cancer, but looked sick with cancer. She regularly took breaks to vomit and only ate saltines for a period of time. Wow. Yeah. And there were 17 writers on the show. She was the only writer who identified as a person with a disability. They all thought that she was like an incredible inspiration, that she was so sick and would show up to work every day despite everything that she was going through. I remember reading in the article, they gave her like an extra comfortable chair. Yes. And (laughs) so she got all these things like she would get um, paid time off to do clinical trials. Right. She would get to leave every day um, to get chemo or if she wasn't feeling well. Things like she got different hours of work, things like that. She would get, you know, to go lie down whenever she needed to. Things like that. God. Because of this quote unquote cancer she had and the chemotherapy that she was going through. It, it gets like worse and worse. She does one oh, thing no. later that's like one of the worst things I've ever heard. Oh, no. So one of the characters on Grey's Anatomy is loosely based off her. It's this character, Dr. Catherine Avery, who I think I tapped out before that doctor came into. <laughs> I think I might have tapped out. It's probably like season like 50. So she gives Catherine Avery the same type of cancer. Right. As she and mm-hmm. by the way, I was watching a YouTube and this is a great question where it's like, when you're making up fake cancer, how do you decide what kind of cancer you're going to have? That is a good <laughs> question. And she picked, it's called condosarcoma or whatever. Yeah. And that's like a terminal. That's a hard one to come back from. Like that seems like a crazy one to pick. But I guess if you're going to pick cancer you go for like the craziest one and they'd be like oh i survived it's a miracle and people are like oh my god oh i guess because i guess if you pick like oh you have skin cancer you have melanoma it's like oh you just you know that one's you can get rid of that fairly easily i guess you have to pick like a severe one yeah oh i guess maybe it's it's not terminal oh but she said she had it in her spine which i think is terminal yeah what a weird how do you pick the cancer i wonder i mean that's almost the most sadistic part is like imagine a moment where she's on the internet just like researching different types of cancer (laughs) and being like i'll choose this didn't someone she her ex have i'm sure you'll get into it but well where she that's (laughs) we'll get into that in a second okay okay yeah so she gives this character the same cancer as she has which is this spinal bone cancer which can't be cured by chemotherapy can only be operated on but of course it's the spine so she'll either die from the surgery or she'll be paraplegic etc etc 
And she says, I wanted Catherine, the character, to be diagnosed with a spinal tumor similar to mine. Only this time, the doctors would tell her the truth because she, like the rest of the world, shouldn't have it any other way. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay. It gets worse and worse. So for her 40th birthday, she had a <laughs> pajama party at her home with 100 people and announced that two doctors from the Mayo Clinic were there <laughs> and had flown in to support her, but they didn't want to be identified. Oh, how convenient. Yeah. So she's like making a cheers. Like, I'd like to thank the two doctors who are helping me through my treatment who flew all the way here for the- They don't want to be recognized. They don't, you know, they're very humble. Yeah. And everyone's like, like, wow. Who are the doctors? Everyone's (laughs) looking at each other like, oh, are you a doctor? Yeah. They're they're like, like, "Uh, there ain't no doctors here. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) That's really fun. I'm going to do that my next party. I'm going to say someone very important from the government here. I will not say who. Is here at my birthday party. <laughs> like, on, but honestly, like she's pretty creative. Like she's that's a good writer. Good. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, that's the thing that's bad. Is like obviously she's a good writer. She didn't have. I to remember when this, this article stuff. came out, and Martin was like, "Well, yeah. she's <laughs> she's very creative. Yeah, well, she's pretty creative stuff." Um, <laughs> this is the worst thing that she did. So in October 2018, there was the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Tree of Life synagogue shooting. And I don't know if you remember this. Elizabeth said that one of the people who died there was her friend. Oh, that's right. And she said that she had to fly out to clean up the remains (gasps) of her friend from the synagogue as part of Jewish tradition. Oh, my God. Yes. And this is not true. She demanded six weeks off for PTSD, and she became super upset when anyone in the writer's room would talk about guns or, you know, make any (sighs) slang references in terms of guns or things like that. Oh, my God. That is fucked up. Yes. Horrible. Oh, my God. She requested six weeks off for PTSD, and she went to Arizona to a mental health facility under a different name. Miraval or whatever. No, like seriously, yeah. Um, <laughs> Under a different name. Right. And she said she used a different name because she said she was like such a popular writer and producer that she didn't want to be. Girl, nobody out. knows yeah. a writer from Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to bonus episodes, shout outs, discounts, and more. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become wow. a patron. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will shout you out. And as always, Erios has a hotline. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. Continue to call us and we will continue to play you on our mailbag episodes. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, back to our program. So this is where she met her future wife. Or oh, her right. Okay, now yeah. future ex-wife. This woman, Jennifer Bear. So they met at the facility and they were roommates. Uh, Elizabeth told Jennifer that she was using an alias because she was a very famous writer. Oh, God. And after their time at the facility, Elizabeth invited Jennifer to come to town and spend time with her. Because I believe Jennifer lived in Arizona and Elizabeth was here in L.A. That's when they started dating and eventually married. In 2019, Jennifer's ex-husband took his life. Jennifer's ex-husband was schizophrenic and dealt with some mental health issues. He was also physically abusive to Jennifer and emotionally abusive. And they, they had a troubled past with one another. And they had kids, right? Yes. And they had kids together. Elizabeth was like, hmm, so then, Uh-oh. mysteriously, she told her writing staff that she oh, had a brother <laughs> no, <laughs> who was physically and emotionally abusive to her and that he tried to take his own life but had shot himself in a way where he didn't die. So she needed to take time off to go to the hospital to pull the plug on him. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yes. Oh, that's right. Because I, th- I know he. she said he killed himself, but no, she yes. had to go pull the fucking plug. But she had, told, she had told her wife a different story, which was that her brother was stalking her. Oh. And was alive. So right now she has two different conflicting stories oh, about her brother going on. Oh, how do you keep those straight? Yeah. So oh my she God. Requests, she requests time off to Ugh. go pull the plug on her brother she this is a quote from this is this is from the angler as well i've been gone because my brother died by suicide she wrote in a note explaining an absence from grays he was on life support for a short while but ultimately did not survive and then the angler says her brother eric is a doctor and is very much alive and working today oh that's that's a crazy 
claim. I feel like that'd be easy to disprove. Yes. That's so crazy. You know, my brother killed him. Like, that would be easy to, like, look up the obituary or whatever, and you just don't find anything. I think she would continually have these, like, tantrums in the room, and no one wanted to step on her toes because it was right. like... No one would question her because she's dying. <laughs> right. She's going through one thing after the other, and people are like, okay, do whatever you need, whatever you need. Yeah. And then I think finally, well, this is this is what happens. Okay, so Jennifer starts getting a little confused because it's kind of like 90 Day Fiance. If you're watching 90 Day Fiance the other way, <laughs> there's this story with this narcoleptic woman. Who's, oh, my who's, God. And it's one thing after another with her. Ugh. And I think that's what happened with Jennifer and Elizabeth, where Jennifer's like, this is just a little bit too much happening yeah. to one person. Yeah. Like, if this is true, that's horrible. But this is just a lot. Ha- a lot has happened to this woman. She starts stalking her Facebook. She re- starts realizing little discrepancies. She notices that the day that Jennifer says that she was cleaning up at the synagogue, she was actually in Los Angeles hanging out with friends. <sighs> Elizabeth, you got to be on this. Yes. And there are also several like medical discrepancies. Uh-huh. That's when, you know, fans start to notice inconsistencies as well. Oh. First of all, she's she's not only a writer of Grey's Anatomy. This is someone who has written several personal essays right. on cancer and battling cancer. And if you remember 2012 through 2014, that was the years of the personal essay. Oh, yes. That's what I was like, at. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you and I, that's like the only reason yeah. we have followers and are and we're verified on Twitter mm-hmm. is because we would write personal essays. Yeah. So there was women who had cancer, were battling cancer, who had been through things and were fans of Elizabeth because they could relate to her. They idolized her. They started looking at her social media and they were like, wow, things are not adding up. This woman is going through so much. She keeps writing these essays about everything she's going through. And it's just doesn't correlate to her Facebook and the other things that she's going through and details about her prognosis, like other people who had the same cancers or things that she was going through were like, no, that doesn't, that's not what that is. Also, people who claim to have been her doctors or fellow patients said, we don't know that woman. (laughs) Oh, no, I don't know her. Yeah. So people started comparing notes and... This is when the snowball started oh, happening. Oh, no. I remember reading, I read something about like she would even, she tweeted at Delta because her, she was mad that she had to check a bag. And she's like, Delta, how dare you make a cancer patient check their medication or check their meds? Oh, my like, God. Like, she was living that life. It was crazy. Yeah. Apparently, around this time, which is crazy, this writer, Peter Kiefer from, the ankler is getting wind of all of this and he calls Finch. Oh, and says this, this is from the ankler on Finch's 44th birthday this year. She received a call from a number. She didn't recognize thinking it was another well-wisher. She answered. It was a, (laughs) it was a reporter calling. to. Oh, I bet it's someone calling me to wish me well. Everyone's calling me. (laughs) Everyone loves me. (laughs) It was a reporter 
calling to inform her that he was planning to publish a damaging story that challenged the central narrative that had helped build her career. The reporter, who had been trying to get in touch with her for days, wanting to give Finch a chance to tell her side of the story, caught off guard, Finch hurriedly replied, now is not a real good time, and hung up. (laughs) And then he says, I know this because I was the reporter who called her and broke the story. Oh, shit. Yeah. Jennifer confronted Elizabeth and Elizabeth finally confessed that she didn't have cancer now, but she did in the past. Mm, Okay. Not true. But she liked the attention and didn't want to give it up. Uh And Elizabeth started telling this to some people, but she refused to tell her coworkers. Oh, no. Yes. Again, she's lying. She's never had cancer. Yeah, right. So... Jennifer was like, we're getting a divorce. This is weird. I'm not going through all this craziness. Yeah. And Jennifer contacted Shondaland and said, <gasps> I I need you to know this about Elizabeth. Like, she's, she's wow. cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. None of this is true. And then the Ankler article came out, as did, you know, the Vanity Fair article and yeah. everything subsequent to that. Dang. Shondaland was like, we're looking into it, blah, blah. And eventually she was fired. So finally, Elizabeth Finch circles back to the ankler, to Peter Kiefer, and says, I would actually like to do an interview w- interview with you, and I want to tell my story. Wow. And she fesses up to everything. Oh, I don't know that I've read this. Yeah. No, this is like December 7th, 2022. Oh, Okay. She says, this is from the Ankler, I told a lie when I was 34 years old, and it was the biggest mistake of my life. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger and got buried deeper and deeper inside of me. I've never had any form of cancer. Oh, no. I know it's absolutely wrong what I did. I lied and there's no excuse for it, but there's context for it. The best way I can explain it is when you experience a level of trauma, a lot of people adopt a maladaptive coping mechanism. Some people drink or hide or forget things. Drug addicts try to alter their reality. Some people cut. I lied. This was my coping and my way to feel safe and heard. So again, like I said, she explains how she got this way. This is all again from the ankler Peter Kiefer. We'll put this in our story notes. She says she showed him a six-inch scar on her kneecap during the 2007 writer's strike. Oh. Shout out to the Writer's Guild. She was hiking because I guess, you know, she was out of a job and hiking in Temescal Canyon and she injured herself and it was years of medical purgatory, he puts it afterwards. It took multiple surgeries to figure out what the problem was. She got knee replacement surgery. Like I said, she became dependent on friends. And when she recovered, that's when the lie started because everyone was so amazing leading up to the surgeries, giving her like food and rides and et cetera. And then all of a sudden she was healed and no one was there for her anymore. And she needed this coping mechanism because she still wanted attention and support. Wow. So what is this? I went back to uh, our old buddy that I watched in the in the episode of the writer. What was his name? Like Dr. Todd Goldman or something like that. Oh, the guy who was like, 
the mean YouTuber, yeah, the yeah, mean yeah. psychologist YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. And he says that this is called fictitious disorder, formerly known as Munchausen, Munchausen syndrome. Oh, oh yeah, I guess it is Munchausen. Yeah. Yeah. So you make up fake illnesses and disorders for attention. This guy, Dr. Mark D. Feldman, who is the author of Dying to Be Ill, True Stories and Medical Ooh. Deception, says that these people who have this disorder, it's overwhelmingly women. Oh. You can it's either Munchausen or Munchausen by proxy. So Munchausen is when you do it against yourself. Excuse me, Munchausen by proxy is when you like have a kid or something and you're constantly right pretending they're sick or like getting them sick so that mm-hmm. you can take care of them. So these people often work in the healthcare industry uh, or adjacent so that they can gain access to medical information so that they're more oh. knowledgeable. So it's kind of interesting that she was on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So she could have access to tons of medical information. I also watched an interview with her before any of this came out. It was her doing like a writer's podcast interview And she's talking about how she got to go to hospitals and look at, you know, do a shadow people in hospitals and things like that so that she could get her information for the show. So she was entrenched in the medical community. So these lies compound and compound. And these people either have to come clean, pretend that they're cured, (laughs) or just move to a whole other country, you know, and and just start their lives over. Who have done this, who have been like, I'm cured. And then like, no one ever questioned them again. Well, it says it, it this guy says that sometimes they have to just uh, claim divine intervention. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, oh my God, like God cured me. I don't know what happened. Like, I'm just fine now. <laughs> wow. I wonder if I know anyone who's like faked it. Well, there, there was that guy on, remember, um, Real Housewives of Orange County, Brooks, Oh, was yeah. faking cancer? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's weird that this is a thing that it's people so do. Crazy, but I guess you get so much attention, right? And like, I you mean, get money. It's bizarre. That's so crazy. apparently, so there's a photo. There's photos that go along with this article in the Ankler. There's a photo shoot that went along with it, and apparently, after the article, Elizabeth emailed the writer and said. Hey, can you give me the extra photos from the shoot that aren't going to be used, particularly any photos where I'm crying? What? <laughs> like she would like, I don't know. She was super interested in photos of her herself crying. Like she probably wanted to use them for attention or for something else or something. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. As of this interview being written uh, 2022, she wasn't working, but she said her dream was to be a writer on The Handmaid's Tale. I mean, no one's going to hire her, right? I don't know. Let's look. I mean, that would be insane. I looked at her Instagram. Oh, it's what is it? public. She's living her life. She has comments turned off. As she should. But she is just out and about going to the Hollywood Bowl. Her last post for Mother's Day is like a picture of her mom. And then I think it's her ex's kids. Because she writes, I love my mama and I miss mamaing these humans every day. And I believe it's pictures of her ex's kids. I mean, it must be. Yeah, I'm sure she probably doesn't have. No, they're like, I I would imagine they don't. Their mom would not let them see her. (laughs) Like, that's so. Yeah. And she posted about the writer's strike. Like, you're not, 
Yeah. You're just pretending like it didn't happen. So she was a writer from 2014 to, tw- uh, no, it says 2015 to 2021 on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. 2012 to 2014, she worked on the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. Like, what does she do now? Yeah. I mean, she's not on IMDb anywhere. That'd be funny if she was like collecting um, <laughs> disability or something. I mean, I don't even. There aren't any photos like cancer photos on Instagram or thing. I was looking back to see if like she had like shaved head photos. Yeah. Or, like, I mean, that's what's great. She literally shaved her head yeah. and per- would pretend to throw up at work and, and put a fake port in herself. To- that's so crazy. She has a post up from 2019. It's a screenshot of a Hollywood reporter. It's like Grey's Anatomy producer. Why my cancer disability became a storyline. And she's like, I got a little, uh, I wrote about ableism and representation in the writer's room. Like she's writing articles about disability. Like, So that's another point in terms of like ableism is she, part of the big issue was of this is she's making it seem like, or her perception is that disability gets you positive attention. Yeah. And that's incorrect for so many people who, have disability is that with disability you're actually at increased risk for discrimination and that's the problem with her perception and this idea that she's perpetuating i mean like people with disability are more likely to not get jobs or be yeah be discriminated abu- against yeah, be in abusive relationships like so on so forth you know, not have access to insurance. So it's just, I don't know. It's just this lady is, and the synagogue shooting thing. It's just, that one thing after, that's fucked up. It's vile. Like she's, anyways, um, that's the story of, (laughs) that's the story of Elizabeth Finch, Grey's Anatomy writer and Vampire Diaries. And True Blood. Two shows I've watched, two shows I've been watched. If you know what she's up to now, I'm curious because I, we don't know. We can't figure it out. I'm sure she's Um, like writing a book or something or. Probably. Um, Maybe she's writing romance, self-publishing romance novels. Yeah. Pretty lucrative. Um, Melissa, where can people reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. All right. Well, I am Allie Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And that's all, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.